0: Well, I am quite hungry as we're kicking off this podcast today and diving into another weekend. Why? I will tell you in a second. It's Adam McNutt alongside the host of the Speaking for Him podcast, Mr. Andrew Gamson. Hello, Adam. And I wish that Adam was hungry because we were coming to you live from the first West Michigan Chick-fil-A. But that is going to have to wait because I'm not sure exactly when they open yet. But we are going to be discussing Chick-fil-A because we are going to be discussing the, a book that the founder of Chick-fil-A s truett kathy wrote um 14 years ago actually i was surprised when i looked at the copyright how long ago it was and he's gone on to be with the lord a couple years ago but this book that he wrote was very short and to the point but it was very well done and i hope by the end of our discussion today you will want to go and pick it up you should be able to read it in a couple weeks tops um I know I had a lot of catching up to do when I got back from vacation, but I was able to read most of it um, in just a couple of days leading up to this recording, and so I know it will be an easy read for anyone that picks it up. And as always, when we do our book reviews, we have Naomi here with us, but before we get to her and our discussion, let's let Adam give us our quote of the day. And this comes from S. Truett Kathy. Instruction is what we say, influence is what we do, image is what we are. All right. Well, um, I, I really feel like the book talked a lot about different aspects of this quote, even if it didn't address them directly. And so I thought it was a good way to kick off um, the discussion. So I'll start with this. Naomi, what were your initial thoughts when you picked up this book?
1: It's a really easy read. It's like he's talking to you, and so you feel like you're sitting there, hopefully enjoying a chicken sandwich, and he's telling you uh, about his life. It starts out when he's little and goes through um, up into his later years because he even has grandchildren toward the end. So really easy read. Like you said, you could be done. I was done in three days. (laughs) Wow.
0: And uh, this is one of the best parts about the book club is that Naomi keeps me accountable for all this reading. <laughs> Not that I don't read because I read a lot but the problem is I have to put down other reading to read our book club selections and uh, so because if it wasn't for Naomi I'd probably take forever to get in here and do these these podcasts but anyway yes I really um, from the beginning that I read the book I knew that it was a small book but I didn't realize how easy going of a book it was and I don't know how much reading you do, Adam, but I think that even you with your busy radio schedule uh, <laughs> would would find a lot of um, good nuggets in this book, and it would be an easy read. And probably if you got the audiobook, it would probably be only, like, three or four CDs, so you would probably hey. whip right through that, baby. That was a good pun, by the way, too. Um, <laughs> Plenty of nuggets.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs>
0: okay thanks for that <laughs> didn't catch that. so thank you Adam for do it again
1: did you find an audiobook because I looked and I couldn't I don't find know one. if it
0: is an audiobook to, to tell you the truth I just know that a lot of books are on audio and I have a great love for audiobooks as mm. well as the written printed kind you know so if it is you might want to check that out if it's not well then read a book it mm. Won't worry. <laughs> but anyway um As you were reading this book, Naomi, what do you think came forth as the biggest lesson or maybe a couple lessons?
1: The way he treated his customers was so important to him. And uh, he makes a comment again and again about having his staff or the staff at the restaurants smiling. You know, when people come in, the first thing they see is this smiling young person behind. And what... um, how that set the mood for the customer coming in. And that's such a very little thing, but I think that it is truly so important. And um, everything that he does for his business is based on his biblical, you know, his beliefs. So treating people with kindness, being honest with them and fair. Um, I, I told my dad I would recommend having every one of his employees read this book because uh, just how you treat someone can totally change how your transaction with them goes.
0: I I, I really resonate with that because, um, you know, I know how I want to be treated as a customer. And if, if somebody treats me with respect, I want to go back there. Um, and also just when things happen that go wrong you know it's not always well this went wrong so i don't want to go back there it's what are they what do they choose to do about it when they go wrong like not to get too off track with other restaurants but we had a fairly recent time at steak and shake where um we waited forever for our food then they got our order wrong just a bunch of stuff went wrong that day. And my dad, my dad's initial thought was, well, I really don't want to go back to steak and shake anytime soon. But then my mom complained to the management. And a manager called us and said that the next time we came in, we could have our bill completely paid for for all of us. Wow. And so that was for six people. And so we went back. And the next time it was a better experience. And it was free. And so... That has stuck in my head for the last couple months since that happened uh, because they were willing to go above and beyond and make it right and uh, so those type of things will stick in your mind. I think one of the interesting things to me is that um, he actually started with a restaurant called Dwarf House in um, in there in Georgia and to at least as of the publication of the book, was still in business after over 50 years. And so I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was interesting how um, he um, always wanted his employees to succeed. He was really big on his employees succeeding, even if it was just preparing them for life after Chick-fil-A. And, um, I think the program that he puts his operators through, which is what Chick-fil-A calls franchisees, because they never fully cede control of the franchises to the people. They always keep a, a loose, um, hold on it so they can control the quality of their product. So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, Naomi, do you have a favorite story?
1: Hmm. It's just a short one, but it's when he's younger. I'm just going to read it. I was eight years old when I decided it was time for me to earn my own money. Eight. I have an eight-year-old. I cannot imagine him doing this. (laughs) (laughs) So I started selling Coca-Colas door-to-door. I realized that I could buy six Cokes at the grocery store for a quarter, sell them for a nickel each, and recognize a five-cent profit. That was the beginning of life in the business world for me. And then he says, as a little boy, I had a speech impediment so severe I could not pronounce my own name. My mother wrote my name on a card so that if I had to introduce myself to strangers, I could let them read it. That is something that years ago you would never have guessed, that he had that. And I love how his mother did not say, you know what, why don't you take one of your siblings? Or why don't you not do that? He didn't. She didn't discourage him how can I help you here and now you can do it on your own and I just I love that and it really encouraged me to be that way with my boys um because they're eight and ten and my ten-year-old is determined to mow lawns I was a little nervous about that (laughs) um but thankfully I have a husband who's like yep he can learn and um the other day I just closed my eyes and listened to him mow and he did great so uh (laughs) I just, I really loved that story.
0: Kind of like my mom every time one of my siblings learns to drive. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Except for the closing eyes part because she can't close her eyes while they're on a permit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That could be dangerous. Yeah.
1: But I would encourage people to read. There are so many great stories. There are. And I
0: think, um, I think the things that stick out to me was even though he was a businessman who who worked long hours, it was important for him to stay closed on Sundays so they could have the one day yep. to regroup and to be with family. So that even if they put the 90-hour weekend, they knew that Sunday was was set aside for family and for worship. And um, he said it really helped keep him balanced. And then he also talked about his daughter. Um, you know, he asked his daughter, what was the one of the better parts about um growing up in our family and he thought she would talk about something that he'd given her or or some fun event they went to and she said and she just brought up him taking the time to come into her bedroom after long days at college this is as a college student even coming into her bedroom after long days at college and just hearing her talk about what she learned that day, what she did that day. And so time was such a precious commodity to his children. And this is one of the, one of the, probably one of the richest, um, at least in the upper echelon of the richer men in the United States. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting that he, marketing wise too, he didn't spend nearly as much in marketing as a lot of restaurants do. So he relied heavily on word of mouth. But it got out because, of, because they put the customer first. And uh, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my favorite is, I think one of the things, and we'll kind of move move on to what's the most surprising thing. And I'll let Naomi talk about this in a second. But probably one of the more surprising things to me was, the, well, I have two. The first one is Chick-fil-A related. Um, Adam, did you know that Chick-fil-A started as mall restaurants and was mall restaurants from 1964 to 1986 before they ever got a freestanding Chick-fil-A? Really? I did not know that. No? I thought that they started out as Mm freestanding and then went into malls. Yep, me too. But it actually was um, a mall restaurant in various malls for um, like 25 years before it got into the freestanding restaurant market. And in fact, when they first started, there wasn't really much of a such thing as food courts. A mall food court might have consisted of a coffee shop, and that's about it. Oh, wow. One of the funny things about the book is that he said they were worried about opening up a chicken restaurant in their malls, some of the early malls that they went into, because they didn't want chicken bones everywhere. He said it it took him a long time to... To to uh, convince some mall owners that boneless chicken meant no bones <laughs> <laughs> so that's just kind of it's just kind of one of those interesting stories um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was his work with foster homes. I don't know how many total foster homes they have, but they had multiple foster homes, and so he had like hundreds of children. They called him Grandpa. Um, A couple of them, he actually took into his home directly Uh and became their legal guardian. So he did a lot more than just run a good chicken restaurant, which is extremely exciting to think about. Did you have any more thoughts on that particular? No. All right. Well, um, is there anything else that? stuck out to you about this book that you think that we should let a listener know about before they pick it up?
1: Um, as I was saying, if you have a business, um, read this book. It's not going to tell you, like, here's graphs of how to make money and all that, but um, I think what he presents... Um, so my parents own their own business, and uh, they... Um brought me in with no training <laughs> at all to be reception. And um I love my job, which I never would have thought of. But anyway, there are times where I get kind of <sighs> that phone. I stand for <laughs> that phone and I love my job. But there's just times. And this book remotivated me to put the customer first, to be there for the customer, and to um You know, God calls us to go the extra mile, and that's what he does. Again and again, he goes the extra mile. And um, I love what he did with the, like, there was a children's, um, not really an orphanage, but a place where they could go if they were having trouble and it was going to close. And him and his wife went, and they opened it, improved it, and I love uh, It's still going as far as I know.
0: Yeah, and actually, it's kind of interesting, Adam. At the end of the book, he tells a story about his kids actually coming to him, and they wrote a a Chick-fil-A manifesto. And the significance of it was that they committed to carrying the business on after he left. Oh, wow. They were going to be committed to the principles that he laid out in Chick-fil-A. They were going to teach their children the business so that it wouldn't die with him. Because that's one of the things that you see over and over actually um, in the Bible is that it's it's easy to lose a faithful legacy. One of the key passages about that is in the first chapter of Judges. Um, People who know me are probably sick of me bringing it up, but it's such an important thing where it talks about when Joshua died and then all the elders that served with Joshua died, there arose a generation that knew not God. Nor the works that he did for the children of Israel, and of course they were talking mainly about continuing the business, but the business is so tied with their biblical principles that there is a lot of that in there as well that they wanted to continue to glorify God um, as a business, and that actually became part of a main part of their mission statement that they um, put on the front door of their headquarters so that they would see it every day and i just think that is so good and it's such a testament to his parenting of his children that they wanted to continue that legacy and they have a leadership conference every year for their their high up employees where they call together people like jim daly from focus on the family and dennis rainey and uh, people like john maxwell and things like that so that they can constantly be infusing their employees with the tools to excel in, um, continuing the legacy of Chick-fil-A. So whether you've had Chick-fil-A before, whether you have a Chick-fil-A in your area, I think you'll very much benefit from this book, Eat More Chicken, Inspire More People by S. Truett Kathy, And I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast as we've talked about These principles, there's a whole lot more in the book. But again, we just want to whet your appetite and hopefully get you to read it. And um, our next book that we will be talking about will probably be a more detailed discussion and a much longer podcast. But I'm very excited about it nonetheless. And that is Things We Couldn't Say by Dieter Mann. Now, a few months ago to a year ago, I think it was a year ago actually, a little over, We had um, some people in here talking about the play, Things We Couldn't Say, um, because we did it at Master Arts a while back, and when they've actually done it twice, and it's the story of Diet Amman, who helped in the Dutch resistance during World War II, and we're going to read her book, uh, which will be an even more detailed account of that. So we will be back here in the studio in the next couple of months to do that, And then, of course, shortly thereafter, we will be announcing the titles for the 2016-2017 Book Club, which is always exciting as I um, try to put those together. I have some thoughts about books that might be good, but we haven't finalized that list at all. But that will be announced um, in a few months, probably about a month after um, after the Things We Couldn't Say podcast. So keep an eye out for that. If you ever want to ask questions or talk about the books that we are reading, uh, feel free to leave a message either on the Facebook page for Speaking for Him or on the Speaking for Him book club Facebook page. We really would like to have either of those pages be places for discussion. It hasn't materialized that much, and I would like to try to be on there a little more often, but we need other feedback in order to make it something that is worthwhile and fun. So just keep that in mind. And, Naomi, thanks again for being here. Um, they can't, they can't yeah. uh, hear you nod. So. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having uh-huh. me. All right. No problem. Um, and uh, with that being said, um, I will say goodbye for another week. We hope you'll join us again next week. But until then, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters.